0: So let's pray and jump in real quick. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for this preaching moment and I ask that you would speak through my mouth, think through my mind. Give me clarity of thought and agility of wit. Allow me to talk in the power of your Holy Ghost today. Allow them to see what you have said to me. In Jesus' name, amen. So in our two weeks of doing this uh, series, of uh, random but not the first week when we got together I talked to you about the fact that things that seem random are often processes that you're going through a process and that you have to handle and manage your process in the right way last week we talked about interruptions and I believe that interruptions happen in our lives and so we got to be open And it is an opportunity and a moment for Jesus, the great interrupter, to come in and interrupt our interruption. And so uh, he wants to do that and is always available and looking for opportunities to interrupt those things that interrupt our lives. Today, I want to go a little bit further and say to you that although random stuff happens in your life, you have to be able to manage that stuff. today I want to give you more of a practical example as to how to manage it. So today I want to talk to you from this thought, how to handle what you can't control. Because the truth of the matter is, there's just stuff in your life that you can't control. I was watching a video clip. uh, Many of you may have seen this video clip of uh, a wheel that came off somebody's car while driving. And it went down the highway, jumped across... And the median and, and hit hit somebody in a jeep, and the guy was fine. But you know, when stuff like that comes at you, all you can do is make yourself uh, braced, put your seatbelt on, and know that impact is going to happen. And what I do not want to do, ever as your pastor, is to uh, uh, give you an image that everything is so super spiritual that you ain't ready for the natural. You hear me? Now everything that happens, listen, let me say this to you and you can tweet this, prayer is everything. Prayer is everything. So as we, like next week, back to school prayer, you need to have all your cousins, Ray Ray and them, you need to have cousins and, and neighbors that you don't even like. Go knock on their doors. I know we've never talked, I really don't even like you, but I want to invite you to prayer. Because prayer is everything. And as we get into these 21 days coming up, prayer is everything. Listen, you rob yourself of uh, being able to manage the stuff that goes on in your life when you don't pray. You hear me? Prayer is everything. Say prayer is everything. Yeah. When people put those blurbs out there, they're like, this is giving me life. You need to say prayer is giving me life because prayer is that conversation that you and God have and God listens. God listens, He hears, He responds. So uh, I want to give you some practical uh, stuff today that's going to help you manage what you can't control. And I'm going to do it uh, by way for those of you who are really like super, super spiritual and be like, I need a scripture. I'll give you that at the end. Y'all ready? Normally, I start at the beginning with a scripture for our first-time guest, but today I'm going to put it at the end just so you'll know it's coming, and you won't think, man, this church is crazy. They don't use the Bible. We use the Bible. That's all we use. We don't use magazines. We don't use uh, social studies and clips and events. We use the Bible here. And so I'll get to that in a minute. But I want to give you a quick story, and I'm going to give you some points in that story to help you manage what you can't control. Y'all ready? All right. So a few weeks ago, my sisters and I drove uh, to D.C., uh, Washington D.C. for um, a wedding. So of course we buried our father uh, the latter part of last year, and my uncle we have one uncle left. We have an aunt and one uncle left. My dad had uh, five brothers, I think, and we have only one uncle left. And so his daughter was getting married in in Maryland, DC area. And so we decided, you know, we needed to go. And not only that, for many of you, you know that my this is the same uncle that lost his daughter, his wife, and his son in three months. And so, you know, this is the last, this is his last child left. And uh, we just wanted to be there and just, you know, wrap our arms around the family. So we drove. Now, oh, we, the, the wedding was on Saturday. And so we had decided that this would be our really first siblings trip since we buried our dad, and my sisters and I are very close. And so we need, you know, sometimes to get away from the world, we get with each other, all right? Um, I make no apologies for my fabulous relationship with my my sisters, and if you don't have a great relationship with your siblings, I pray that you would, because there's nothing like that connection, even if they're your half-brother and sister. They came from one of your parents. There's a connection there that you can't share with anybody in the world. Um, however, God does set the solitary in families. And sometimes there is a, bro- there is a friend that sticks closer, closer than a brother. And so sometimes God sends friends that are like family. So anyway, this the whole family connection is important. So we drove to DC, decided that we would come back on Monday. Since the wedding was on Saturday, we'd have a hangout day on uh, Sunday. And that's what we did. We slept in and we just spent the day together. And so if you know my sisters, that means shopping was involved. I was pretty much raised by my sisters, so I have no problem with shopping. None, none, none whatsoever. So we, we get to where we go, we go our separate ways. We text, where you at? What you got? Where did, you, did you get it? I see so-and-so, was on sale? Did you get it? Yes, I got it, okay, good. And so then we, we just, just great time. So we decide to leave Monday morning. In my head, we were going to leave early Monday morning to get in front of the D.C. traffic. Um, We stayed over at the harbor. I don't know what it's called over there, but anyway. So, what is it? Something something harbor. It was nice. It was just nice. Wherever we stayed was nice. At the the Gaylord over there. Nice. So uh, we got up, woke up. I said, y'all, we got to get up so we can go. It's maybe 6, 7-ish. And so we're already going to be in Monday rush hour traffic at that time. But it was raining very hard. And so because our ride was so long and uh, my sister Marcia needed to get back to uh, Atlanta because she had a Tuesday morning meeting, I said, well, you know, we can stop in Charlotte, sleep in Charlotte, and we can just get up and get back in town and get you in town straight to your meeting. She was like, no, I I, I need to sleep in my bed before my meeting. Okay, no sweat. So when we woke up, it's raining real bad. I looked at our weather app, and the weather app said that it will not break until about 11. So now that pushes us back. So I said, okay, well, I'm awake. So I get up take my shower, and I go down to breakfast. And I was like, y'all, what what y'all going to do? Y'all just going to lay here? Y'all going to stay in the bed? And they was like, we might be be down there, we'll see. So, uh, point number one in how to handle what you can't control, write this down, you have to be flexible. Inflexibility will ruin not only your day, but your life. If you're so rigid, it can ruin your relationships. You got to be flexible. If you are inflexible, you'll end up with no friends, because hey. sometimes you make appointments with friends and they'll hit you at the last minute and say, hey, I don't want to go to so-and-so. I'd rather go to so-and-so. And if you're so inflexible because you are like Della Reese in Harlem Nights, I had my mouth all set for Y'all don't go to the movies, y'all don't know what I'm talking about. Okay. So you got to be flexible, all right? So I got up and I ate breakfast. And so I brought my stuff down, had a little meditation. Well, before I knew it, I looked up and my sisters were was dressed and ready, which is a miracle. And they came down and had breakfast with me. So we had great sibling time at the breakfast table. Point number two, you ready? Don't let your delays be unproductive. What are you saying, Pastor? My points should be up right here, Christine. Yep, there you go, good. Use delays for development is what I say, okay? Because they could have laid in the bed, I could have just gone to breakfast and did my own thing, But the point of our time together and delaying or staying over that extra day was to be together. And so although the plan was to get up and go early, because we could not go early, we could have just wasted that time. But we were still on task, still on target, by hanging out together, having great conversation, started discussing some business that we had to handle on our way back in uh in durham so you have to use delays for de- development listen wherever you are in life there are going to be delays you hear me whether you are a traveler and i know you can you can attest to this mandala that you just get to the airport on time you're not rushing you like oh yes i could just breathe a little bit and then they say your plane is delayed 45 minutes if it's, if it's horrible, uh, this just happened to Lois the other week, horrible traffic, what should have caused, caused her to have a probably a three and a half hour just travel experience period took all day for hours, five, six hours because of weather. But what do you do when you get delayed? Do you just sit around and complain about the delay? Or do you take a moment and read, finish an application? Do the research you need for the thing that's in your heart. What is it that may, that dream that you have? Are you using your delays to keep developing you? Stop complaining when you get delayed. Listen, delays are inevitable. You need to prepare for them. So then, if you're a traveler, if traffic is bad, you need to say, okay, since I'm stuck in traffic... I'll listen to this podcast. I'll listen to this book. Stop doing nothing. Listen, stop using delays for time to scroll on your phone. That doesn't develop you. That doesn't develop you at all. Sometimes it causes you to be envious of other people's lives. Sometimes it makes you shock because you have nothing else to do. Come on. I'm struggling right now. I like Nordstrom Rack. Now listen, just listen, they started sending me emails that I never would open. Just recently I opened one. What did I do that for? It was like I was standing in the store. And I was just, oh yeah, and then they 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 break it down, filter, clearance, sale from, you know, price from low to high or high to low. It's like however you want to shop, we got you. I was like, "Why did I open that?" Then, of course, you you gonna find something that you're like, "Hey, I I got to have this shoe." I mean, the shoe it's only thirty dollars. I can't look at Tim; when he smile at me. Shoe was only thirty dollars, Tim. I couldn't leave the shoe there. <laughs> because that's because he married to my twin, <laughs> who won't even look up at me. I know. <laughs> So listen, you cannot let, it de- let your delays be unproductive in your life. And I'm, I'm, I'm hanging out here for a second because delays are going to happen. You have an appointment at your doctor. When have you ever gone into your doctor's office five minutes before your appointment and on your appointment time they call you? It never happens. It's almost like, why? Why do we have appointments? You just have to be like, y'all just come, and when I finish one, I'll call the next one. Who was, here before, who was there first? Okay, you next. It's all the same. Just like my barber. I hope you don't hear this. You get an appointment, but you still got to sit for 30 minutes. Hey, man, I had an appointment. But here's the deal. You know that that's going to happen. Why not use that time to develop yourself? If you're going to handle what you can't control, you got to have those moments that you can't control turn into moments where you get better at being you. Does that make sense? All right. So then we, we get up and we say, okay, the rain is slacked up. Let's get on the road. Well, of course, I was with my sisters. So you can't just ever just get on the road. It's like, I need to stop back by that store. So you take them by that store. And then that particular day, I need to stop by the store too, so... They took me by my store. And so we get on the road. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's 2 o'clock. So we get on the road. No sweat. We are headed to North Carolina because we need to stop by my dad's house to make sure, you know, we just need to look around make sure how things are going and set our, our, our plan for uh, how we're going to clean it out and all this kind of stuff. So we did that, and then we got back on the road, and so we had to take the first sister to Charlotte. We got to Charlotte. I got to get gas, and when we left QT... It was 11.04. So it's 11.04 at night, and I'm about to leave from Charlotte, headed back to 11.04. We've been on the road all day. And so um, I got some coffee. I'm like, I could do this. I got the right music. I can do this. So I put my sister's address into waves, and it said that we was gonna get there at about three, three and some change. Three o'clock in the morning and some change. And I said to myself, I could probably knock a few minutes off of this. Now listen, we're not talking about driving fast and speed. That's not what we're talking about. Don't judge me. We're not talking about that. Just get the points that I'm giving you. Don't make up your own. Okay? So, what I did when I left QT and got on 77, headed over to 20, which is about an hour drive, I got a steady pace. Here is point number four. When you're on your way to your dream, whatever that destination is, when things come into your life that you can't handle, they don't always come back to back. You have some time to have a, to set your pace. Look at your neighbor and say, set your pace. You gotta set a steady pace, okay? You cannot be, this is my old word from my my football coach, You cannot be lollygagging in your pace. You can't be half-hearted in your pace. Your pace needs to be steady. So as I was driving that first hour, I started seeing what I think said 306. It started dropping down, 304. I was like, yeah. Because if I stay at this pace, I see now, and see, I started doing calculations in my head. If I stay at this pace, I will probably every 30 minutes knock off a minute or two. You know, I'm doing, like I hate math and I didn't even want to go to math class, but it's amazing to me when you want to do math to help your life, you will do math to help your life. Absolutely amazing to me. Um, If you ask me anything, like what's one plus one, I do not know, but if I need to calculate how much time it's going to take for me to get and how fast I need to drive to knock points off, I can do that. So anyway, uh, my pace was steady. Now listen, a steady pace is important because you're not always going to be able to move at that pace. Are you hearing me? you got to be intentional. I talk about intentionality a lot. Because if you're going to set a pace, you have to be intentional at setting your pace. You cannot be fumbling with the radio and setting the pace at the same time. Okay? In In my particular analogy. So you have to set a steady pace. Alright, so point number one, you gotta make sure you're flexible. Point number two, you gotta use your delays for development. Point number three, you have to set a steady pace. So, I get halfway, so I'm driving about 40 minutes, 45 minutes, I'm almost to Columbia, Georgia coming out of Charlotte. And it starts to rain. So the rain is light and I have to slow down, but I don't have to slow down a whole lot because the rain is light. Well, the closer I got to Columbia, it started raining more and more. Well, when I got off of 77 in Columbia onto 20, y'all, it was raining so bad, it was the kind of rain where you, could no, you can't see anything. You can't see the lines, okay? You can't see anything. So, Marsha was asleep for a while, when she woke up, she was like, "Wow, it's pretty bad." I said, like, "Yeah," and we started talking a little bit about stopping. She said, "You think? Uh, do you think you want to stop?" I said, uh, "Let me see." So it got so bad that I got behind an 18-wheeler because that was the only thing on the road that I could see. I could see its light, so my pace got slowed down to like 35 miles an hour. On 20, I just feel like that's like a waste of concrete (laughs) to just drive 35 miles an hour when you could be driving 70. You know what I'm saying? But it would be a a, a hazard for me because I couldn't see anything. Here's point number four. When your storms come, seek guidance. When you can't see, seek guidance. Okay? I don't mess around with 18-wheelers. And I hate when they get in front of me and then they act like they don't want you to pass them and all this kind of stuff. I don't know what's wrong with them truck drivers, Tim. Mr. I don't know what's wrong with them. You know I was going to say something to you about that. Every time I get mad at a truck driver, I feel like I want to call Tim. <laughs> He's the only truck driver I know. So I just be like, they be doing that stuff. I know they teach you all that in class and stuff. But what's cool about, secret about messing with truck drivers to me is be patient until a heel comes. Cause you can always get them on the incline that's a, that's a whole nother sermon you can always get the enemy on the incline don't hate the incline cause if you drive at the, at the right pace the incline won't slow you down but it will also always slow down the truck driver cause he ain't designed to take inclines at the speed your car can take inclines that's a whole other sermon so don't put that one in this one I just thought I'd tell you that just be encouraged that you can get around that truck at the right time so listen, so I got behind the truck because all I could see was his taillights and I just got behind him and I stayed. Rain lightened up a little bit. I went on around him, found another one because it got heavy again. Not only was the rain heavy, in Columbia right now they're doing um, massive construction on the roads. So although construction crews were not out there, the signs and the debris of construction was everywhere and we only had one lane. So I'm driving at 35 miles an hour with one lane and we cannot see. So we started talking again. You think we should pull over? I said, mm, I'm just gonna stay behind this truck. So here's point number five, I think. Point number five? Yeah, look at your neighbor and say, don't stop. Listen, in this journey, On your way to your destination, be it your dreams, be it salvation, whatever it is, on the road to the journey, you're going to have things that will slow you down. Be okay with the slowdown, but you don't have to stop. We slow down, we let this truck pull us in. Listen, guidance is going to be one of the most uh, important things you can ever have on your journey. Particularly in seasons where you can't see. Stop being so proud and telling yourself you don't need anybody. You hear me? I got this. I can do this on my own. I don't need them. Somebody say, you ought to call a pastor talk to the pastor. I'm good. I am not to put this pastor on one leg at a time like I do. What does how we get dressed have to do with the grace that I have and you don't? I ain't perfect, but I got a grace to be your pastor. You know what I'm saying? And see, we got to look at those things differently. We got to see them differently. Because that doesn't mean that you're any less. That just says, I have an insight that you don't have. And it's not that I'm better than you. It's just so happen I'm called to be your pastor. So because I'm your pastor and God loves you, he gives us pastors after after his own heart. And because he loves you, he'll give me insight into your stuff that somebody else may come to me that I don't pass, and I'd be like, I don't know. But because it's your stuff, God will give me insight. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not a mutant. I'm not a superhero. I'm just a guy who has an assignment. And I'm a guy who God uses to show you how much he loves you. So you got to seek guidance, wisdom. Uh, James writes this, "If, if any man lacks wisdom let him ask of God. Okay? And God don't trip about that. He doesn't hold it against you, the text says, that if you ask him, he'll give it to you liberally. That's guidance when you can't see. Quit talking about, I'll figure it out. You don't have to figure it out. Ask for guidance. Don't ever be so high and so mighty and so manly, or so I'm I'm every woman, that you can't get guidance. Listen, Dumb men and women crash into walls every day because they don't get guidance. Nobody is above guidance but God. I love guidance. Because if I can get guidance from somebody, I don't have to think about it. I call my pastor to be like, tell me what to do. Well, let me, let's talk about it. Nope, let's not. Just tell me what to do. Tell me what to say. You like that? I said this. Did that, did that work for you? Well, I think you should say just a I'm writing. Go ahead. I only have to think. Because when you don't know, get guidance. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost just anchoring me there for a second. Because you're missing opportunities because you won't look for wisdom. The Bible says that wisdom is the principal thing. And in all that getting, get understanding. Can I go you one better? Wisdom, Uh uh-oh, I don't want to say this. Don't miss an opportunity to get wisdom because you don't want to get it from the vessel that is coming through. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know men who won't take advice from women because they feel like women don't know. But you want wisdom. You're stupid and you don't know the word because the word personifies wisdom as a woman No, 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 don't get me wrong ladies I'm not telling you that you're the only one to have wisdom Let me make sure, let's clear that up I'm just telling you that the word personifies it as her Okay, wisdom was so important when you read through Proverbs you'll find out that wisdom was at creation I ain't got time to talk about it I don't have time to talk about it but I really could talk about the fact that if the Bible personifies wisdom as a woman and wisdom was at creation that maybe at the table when you are developing things there need to be some ladies there that's a whole that's a whole nother thing but there definitely need to be wisdom at the table and you cannot push away or reject wisdom because of who it's coming from. See, one of the most valuable lessons I've learned from my, at that time, 12-year-old son, Kyle. He was talking to me about an issue, and he said, he's like, Daddy, I want you to, to can you address that, blah, blah, blah. I said, okay, son. I said, are you mad about it? And he said, oh, no. Here's the wisdom. I don't know enough about the situation to be mad about it. I just want you to address it. I was on the phone with him. I got out the phone and I was like, whoa, what a lesson. I'm not in my feelings because I don't have enough information to feel. I just know that it needs to be addressed. Wisdom. You see that? And life gives you nuggets like that. I think about that often when I'm in my feelings. So I have to ask myself questions. Do you know enough to be mad about it? I got that from a 12-year-old. He don't even know how powerful it was. He would probably try to charge me for it knowing him. (laughs) Powerful. So you cannot reject the wisdom. So you got to seek guidance when you can't see. And number two, uh, number five, I think it is, you have to don't stop. Listen, you get tired sometimes, so you need to slow down. Don't stop every inch matters when you got you got gravity working against you when you got stuff weighing on you and pulling you down don't stop slowing down is the time where you breathe and rest all the tension while I was driving in that storm that I had and I hate driving in rain like that and I get this tension in my shoulders but as long as I had the lights of the truck in front of me and I slowed down listen where I could manage what I couldn't control, I could breathe a little bit. Y'all with me? We drove through Columbia. I had Marsha to look at the thing. She said, well, it looks like if we get up to Augusta, it doesn't look like rain at all. We got to Augusta, so that's a two hour, we're from Augusta to uh, Columbia is an hour? It's an hour. A whole hour driving at 35 miles an hour, really, really a little bit longer than that. 35 miles an hour. That means I had only gone 35 miles almost in an hour. Do you know how depressing that is? I mean, that made me almost want to stop just get a room. It's like, let's just try this tomorrow. I have lost so much time. So the time, listen, the time that I gained with my steady pace seemed to have disappeared based on the slowdown. When I got to Augusta, there had been no rain and it wasn't raining. So, after the season of construction and storms, I start my pace again. Point number six, resume your steady pace. That's my last point. I'm done. Can y'all believe it? You got to resume your pace. Now listen, let me tell you why that's crucial. Oftentimes, after storms in your life, or seasons of construction, you get to the place where you are like, you know what, I'm just getting ready to take a break. Don't take the break then because you have an agenda that you were headed toward. You have a destination. Okay? So here's the end of the story. I was headed to uh, uh, Conyers to drop Pastor Marsha off, Jeremy's mom, and so it said 306 when I started. I had lost so much time that I stopped paying attention to what it said, because at that point, I figured I'd get there about 3.30, quarter to four. Well, when I got to her house, after regaining my pace, it was 2.45. Hey, 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 I didn't ask nobody to calculate my speed. (laughs) Stay in your lane. (laughs) So, all of this, this whole lesson came from the fact that when I got to her house I thought wow I thought it was later than it really was because oftentimes we pay more attention to our time than we do our destination are you hearing what I'm saying and you keep worried about this you just need to keep your eyes set on where you're going because God has a way of redeeming the time if you just keep your pace steady and stop worrying about the time you're driving, you keep it's all you doing is look at the time. And so sometimes you keep track of the time in such a way that it discourages you. That's why some smart people get on the treadmill and cover the thing up with their towel because they don't want to see like, "Who oh, I got an hour of this and I'm only ten minutes in." some of us unwise not-so-skinny people I get on there and I look and i be like, ooh, I ain't been on there for 20 minutes Whew, how long I got? and so then I cut my time back because I'm more worried about time than I am results so you gotta be flexible if you're gonna handle what you can't control you gotta be flexible you gotta use delays for your development. You got to set a steady pace and when you can't see it's going to happen, you need to seek guidance. Don't stop when it gets rough. And when you come out of it and you're going to come out of it, regain your pace. You cannot give up. Pastor, what are you saying to me? Listen, in a nutshell, here's the line. In order for you, the way you handle what you can't control is that you don't give up, that you don't stop. So here it is, Matthew chapter 24, I think it is, uh, around verse, uh, well, before we got this, before we go there, Jesus is talking to his disciples in a private place. They come to him and they say to him, tell us how it's going to be in the end. What should we expect? And so this text is eschatological in nature in that he is talking about end time eschatology, the study of end times. And so Jesus says to his disciples, he says, hey, uh, know this, that there are going to be some people in that last day that come to you and tell you that they're me. Don't believe them, don't be deceived. He says, there's also going to be wars and rumors of wars, Nations are going to fight nations, kingdoms are going to fight kingdoms. He says all that stuff is going to happen, but even then it ain't the end of time. So he says don't be tricked thinking that you're about to have to give up or you're about to get some rest because that's not where that is. He says uh, also you need to know is that uh, people, because there's going to be no lawlessness or there's going to be so much lawlessness, he says people are going to stop loving each other. The love of many, he says, shall grow cold. Okay. know this, that there's some people who you thought loved you, you found out they don't love you and you can't seem to get them back on the love side that's a part of the process he says people gonna stop loving each other he says but then they gonna try to come kill you they gonna hate you because of me that's what he says to them, he says but here's what I say to you, verse 13 but he who endures to the end the same shall be saved. I like the, uh, the message version of that. It's so cool. The message version says it, is, says it like this. Uh, staying with it, that's what God requires. Stay with it to the end. You won't be sorry, and you'll be saved. Listen, the way you handle what you can't control, stay with it. You can't quit every job because it gets rough. You can't control when it gets rough. Stop quitting stuff. And I'm sick of you. I, I ain't got to put up with this. Right. You ain't got to ain't gotta have no money either. You ain't got to pay your bills. You'll be in the dark. Because there's going to be some stuff that you can't control, but you're going to need to stay with it just so your life can stay on track. Listen, giving up and stopping doesn't always equate rest. Sometimes you give up and you stop, and it makes life harder for you. Listen, the two hardest things there is to do is go to the gym and go to church. When you stay out of both of them, it's hard to get back. You ever, you ever stopped going to the gym because you had the flu or something? And you'd be like, man, I had the flu. It's like, where you been? It's like, yeah, I had the flu. And it's like, oh, did you? You still getting over? Oh, no, that was about six months ago.
1: <laughs>
0: where you been? It's just hard to get back into it. Same thing with church. You get out of church, you stay out of church for a few weeks because you're sick. Or I just had a few things, I had a family reunion, I've been out of town, and it's just hard to get back. Jesus says, listen, things are going to come that's going to keep you or, or take you off course. He says, don't let it. Stay with it. You won't be sorry. So in the spiritual, stay with this journey. Salvation is coming. You have been saved. You are saved. You are being saved. It's a process. It's a process that happens over and over again. When you said, Lord, save me, he said, I have. You have been saved. Right now you're in this process of you are being saved, that you are living every day to live again. And then at the end of it all, you shall be saved. It is a process, but you've got to stay with it. And the truth of it is, some stuff is going to happen that you can't control. They're gonna say it, they gonna do it. You can't control it. You can drive as defensively as you want to, you can't control it. But you're gonna have to manage it, even though you can't control it. Look at your neighbor and say, don't give up. Turn around, tell somebody else, stay with it. Y'all learn anything today? Come on, let's stand. Hmm. When I was a kid, my home church has a a balcony and when we would walk down the stairs in the balcony because it was a raised place the balcony would always shake I used to hate it But then as I got older, I went to other places like that, and it shook too. And I said, hey, I asked, I think I asked my dad, I said, why the balcony shake?'" He said, it has to be made that way because it's suspended. It has to give a little bit so it doesn't fall apart. Some bridges are made that way. They move just a little bit because of they're suspended in air. It is in moments like that that flexibility works for you. You need to be flexible in some stuff. Stop telling your wife, this is what I said. I said when I was a kid, I was going to have my family, we was going to do this, 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 and this. Well, you need to marry whoever you had in your head at that time. Oh, wait, she didn't have a face, did she?
1: Because
0: oftentimes we set goals and we don't build in flexibility. What's the deal breaker? What is it that you're going to say, hey, I want this, but I'm okay with that. Yeah, we'll do whatever. Because there has to be flexibility. You got to be flexible with your dreams and your goals. It's not going to always flesh out exactly like you want it. Yeah, but in my head, I saw the house on the left side of the street. This is the house on the right side. This can't be God. Okay, well, you just keep living in the middle then. You got to have some flexibility. So remember this this week. All these points that we gave you, don't give up. Be flexible. Look for guidance. Don't let pride get the best of you. I mean, I ask them, they're going to they gonna think I'm dumb. No, they're not. To me, the smartest people are the people that ask questions. To me. You're dumb when you don't ask a questions. And you run right into that wall. And I'm the guy that'll lean over to you and say, hey, why didn't you ask me? Before I even check and see if you're all right, let me help you out, why didn't you ask? Be okay with asking. Young people, be okay with asking. Don't let your pride tell you, well, you know, if you ask them, they're going to think you, you know, you ain't an adult. No, adults ask questions. My life is better right now because I ask questions. Tell me how you did that. I want to live like that. Tell me how you did it. How did you manage? How do you manage? Tell me. Because Let me tell you something. Don't let your outfit make you think you know what you don't know. Don't let the car you drive make you think you're at a place where you're really not. Don't let the house you live in trick you and make you believe that you got it. Don't let the success of your marriage just because you've been married for 50 years. Don't mean you know everything. You shouldn't know most of it by now, though, if 50 years. <laughs> but I want to encourage you, be flexible, seek guidance. Don't stop. Be willing to slow down when it's time to slow down. On that same ride home, there was a fools. We're on the median around us. Because he was driving so fast, I guess he just couldn't wait. And of course, I pray, Lord, don't let this man end up dead. Because there had to be a season in your life where you got enough wisdom to slow down. Oh, I got this. I'm on the top of it. I'm, I'm, I got this now. I'm making more money than I've ever made. I got the best job. My life is good, but you're not slowing down. When's the last time you had a break? Your kids mad at you, but they got everything they ever asked for, but they still mad at you because they never talked to you. And you throw money at stuff because you, too, you drive driving too fast to slow down. The benefit of slowing down is that it replenishes you. I'm not going to preach on replenishment, but I got a, a video I'm going to put out shortly about replenishment. It's a part of the cycle of life, and you need it. Father, I pray right now for my sisters and my brothers. Pray for me. That you give us the wisdom to handle what we can't control. We realize, Lord, that stuff happens, but you are inside of us. And your word teaches us greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. So, Lord, I pray today that as we encounter life, to remind us that we can manage what we can't control. In Jesus' name, amen.